Hey everybody, it's Doable Discipleship. That's right, it's Doable Discipleship, a Soundback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as uh, my wonderful co-host Brandon Robinson wants to say, the show that helps you grow. I know, it is the show that helps you grow, that's true. My name is Jason Whelan. We are both pastors on the spiritual growth team here at Saddleback Church, and uh, we are excited to run a special series for you guys on doable discipleship right now. Um, last year, Brandon and um, Brandon Bathauer, another pastor on our team, who you've probably heard if you have listened to this podcast before, um, wrote a brand new small group study called This Is Our Story, Genesis, and it goes through the first um, few chapters of Genesis. So what we're going to be doing is something special. So Brandon, why don't you tell us about the study and what we're going to be doing on the podcast with it? Yeah. So what we're going to do on the podcast, we're going to be running the audio from those sessions. But what I love about the study is that we're not just looking at, we're looking at the, the, the bigger themes, um, that emerged from the first four chapters of Genesis. And we're looking at them specifically through, um, what does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about ourselves, about us? And what does this tell us about the world that we live in? And I love kind of looking at scripture through that paradigm because I think it opens it up for a broader perspective that's really helpful. So I'm really excited um, about this study. Also, quick note on that. This is from a small group study. So we wanna encourage you to go through this with your small group. Um, don't just leave it here for your own listening pleasure, but go to saddleback.com slash watch. This study, this is our story is up on the watch page and we highly, highly, highly recommend going through it with your small group. And if you're not in a small group, we, have, we recommend joining a small group. Maybe this could be the first study you do, you never know. Um, but if you yeah, find it helpful, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm saying, yeah, if you, if you find it helpful, um, go ahead and register, sign up for a small group and go through it with, uh, with some other people. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you are interested in joining a small group or starting your own, that's at saddleback.com slash small groups. And by the way, we are going to be running the audio of the study here for you to listen to. But the only place that you will get the study guide, the companion guide to go along with the study is by doing it with your small group. So again, highly encourage you to check that out. Uh, so, without further ado, let's join Brandon Robinson and Brandon Bathauer in the introductory session for This Is Our Story. Have you ever paused for a moment and noticed the stories that just play on repeat in your mind? Maybe you're walking out of a meeting, wandering down the hall to your office, and you catch yourself telling the same all too familiar story. Maybe that you just aren't good enough, or that if you just work a little harder, you'll make it. Maybe it's in the moment before you fall asleep, when your mind is flooded with the unfinished tasks and to-dos that remind you that maybe you'll just never get on top of it all. Maybe you tell yourself that if you just get that promotion, Get on top of that hill, you'll finally arrive and accomplish your dreams. Whoever you are, whatever age, whatever background, I bet there are stories constantly floating around in your mind. See, the stories we tell shape who we are. For good or for bad, 
Stories are an incredibly powerful force to, to shape us and transform us and mold us. Think about it, we've got movies and novels and TV series and memories and fiction and nonfiction and documentaries, right? We got mystery stories and exciting stories and scary stories and heart-wrenching stories. We humans are a story-making species and stories shape who we are and how we go about life, how we think of ourselves and how we think we should function in, the, in this world. They shape what we think our purpose is and what success or failure looks like. Now, while many of these stories can carry some truth in them, a lot of them, especially the ones we tell ourselves, are riddled with lies and, and falsehood. They're tired, they're bent, they're broken, but we just keep going back to them. I keep telling myself that maybe I'm not good enough or I don't deserve that or it's not my fault or it's all my fault. What we need is a good story, a story that changes us for the good. We need a true story, a life-giving story. Hello and welcome to This Is Our Story. In the next few weeks together, we're gonna to be entering into a story very different than the stories we tell ourselves. A story not just written by some thoughtful human author, but a story ultimately written by our very own creator. A story he wrote for us. A story to open your eyes to the reality of who you are, who he is, and what this world is like. Hello, my name is Brandon Bathauer. And I'm Brandon Robinson. Thanks for joining us on this journey. We're gonna take the next five weeks to root ourselves in the very beginning of the story, the first four chapters of the first book of the Bible called Genesis. And each week we'll focus on one chapter. In these pages, we will find the story about who God is, what he is like and who we are and what our mission is and why this world is the way that it is. Now, we wanted to put together this study for a couple reasons. First, as a, as a pastor, a question I've gotten a lot is, look, I really enjoy reading the Bible and applying it to my life, but there's a problem. How do I apply the story parts? Right, when I read Proverbs and it talks about why it's good to be truthful, that's easy to apply, be truthful. Right, when I read something like rejoice in the Lord always, I get it, rejoice. But what do you do with the story parts? You know, all the stories about kings and wars and Egypt, even the stories of the early church. Like, what do I do with these stories to apply them to my life? Is each story telling me what to do, right? Should I go find a Goliath in my life to kill? Or is it just history, just a record of what happened? Now, this is a common question, and it's a really important one. Believe it or not, over half of the Bible is story. And another third is poetry. So actually just very little of the Bible is just do this or don't do this type of writing. See, the Bible says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness 
so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we're just reading the Bible and then not applying it to our lives, right? If the Bible isn't training us how to live, equipping us for every good work, then we're using it wrong, right? As good as it is to know the great stories of King David and the Israelites in the desert, it's only helpful if it trains us up on how to live. So how does story help equip us? What do we do with the story parts of the Bible? Well, this study is built to help teach you how to apply the story to your life, using the stories of Genesis 1 through 4 as an example. A second reason is that when Genesis is usually talked about, it's usually just Adam and Eve, Big Bang, fig leaves, and whether dinosaurs are real. But there's so much more to these first four chapters. The importance of these first pages is like the first few minutes of a movie. Have you ever shown up to a theater 15 minutes late? You end up turning to the person next to you trying to figure out what's going on. Why? Well, it's because the rest of the story doesn't make sense without the beginning. You see, the Bible is the same way. These first chapters introduce dozens of themes and plot lines that wherever you go in the Bible, you'll run into. If we start with Sarah and Abraham or Moses or jump in with Jesus without understanding any of the background, it's easy to miss the context of the story. So as we slow down and pay attention to these first pages, people like Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Paul, Peter, even God, all of them will come to life when you understand where the story starts and where it's going. Now, the third reason is because Genesis 1 through 4 gives us true answers to three very important questions. Whether you know it or not, your answers to these three questions determine much about who you are and who you'll become. It's hard to believe, but how you answer them will define your identity, what you believe, how you behave, who you choose to be in a relationship with, and what things you find valuable enough to live for. Even down to causing you to say, think, feel, act, and do the things you do. Yeah, they are that important. So what are these three questions that make up the most important beliefs we have? Well, the first one is, who is God? And what is he like? The second is, what is this world like? And how does it work? And the third is, who am I? And what does it mean to be human? Your answers to these three questions are so very important. Most books, philosophies, heck, even advertisements are built around giving you answer to these questions, whether they're right or not. So we're going to take these questions to Genesis 1 through 4 and see how God's good and true story answers them. But for today's session, let's dig into these questions and find out why they are so important and how they shape the way we live. The first question is about God. Who is God and what is he like? About 20 years ago, it seems like the big question was, does God exist or not? But as we found over the years, everybody worships something. The question is, who or what are you worshiping? Who or what are you living and sacrificing for? It is so important to get our understanding of God right because we are shaped by what we worship. A theologian once said, you become like what you worship. When you gaze in awe, admiration, and wonder at something or someone, you begin to take on something of the character of the object of your worship. In other words, whatever, whoever you revere, you begin to resemble. See, this is why God had so much to say in ancient times about idols, because idols are the fake gods we worship. 
Now, we don't have sacrificial services to golden calves anymore, but we do give our time, attention, passion, and hopes to things other than God. We worship the gods of influence, of wealth, of comfort, and as we do, we slowly begin to take on the character of these things. We can begin to use people, sacrifice our integrity, and forget the things that matter most as we chase after these. This is the first lesson of how to apply the story parts of the Bible into your life. The Bible gives us the truth about who God really is. Now you may think, I believe in God. I believe in the God of the Bible. Absolutely, but let's push it a step further. Pastor Rick says, if you want to know what someone believes, look at what they do. What we really believe shows up in our behavior. Think about it. How do you pray? Do you coldly list off your requests and thanks to God like a formula? Maybe you actually view God like a cosmic ATM. Or do you try to present a logical case to convince him to help you? Maybe you actually view God as if he's a judge and you're the lawyer. How we pray, how we engage with God, all come from what we believe about God. So in the sessions ahead, we're going to be looking closely at Genesis 1 through 4 to see what this true story tells us about who God actually is. Some things you may know logically, but not in your heart. Other things I think you may be pretty surprised by. Okay, let's move on to the second important question. This question is about the world. What is this world like and, and how does it work? Now, how we answer this question is called our worldview. Now, think about it like a board game, right? If you want to succeed, you need to learn about how the game works, right? What are the rules? How do you win? What are the strategies that work? How many times do I need to pass go to buy boardwalk, right? If I misunderstand the rules of the game, the realities of the game, I'm most certainly going to lose. And this is the same with life in this world. See, the more you understand the rules and realities of this world, the better off you'll be. Right thinking leads to right living. So when your view of the world actually reflects the reality of what the world is actually like, you'll be better prepared for whatever comes your way. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. What Paul is saying here is that right now, in our broken world, we all have a pair of glasses on. And according to Paul, these are not the fancy prescription, cost you $300 for progressive lenses, so things are perfectly clear type of glasses. No, these are more like the extra pair of sunglasses from the 70s in the bottom of your mom's purse type glasses. You know the type, the ones covered in chapstick and goldfish crumbs, all bent with one of those plastic note pieces missing so that the metal digs into your skin? Yeah, those glasses. We look through those types of glasses on the world. And this makes everything fuzzy. Right? What you think is Bigfoot roaming the halls of your office is actually your coworker, and the bright light at the end of the tunnel is just the break room. But honestly, the clarity of our lenses matter, and only God's word can help clear up our vision. Here's an example. Is this world fair? Is it just? How does it look through your smudgy glasses? See, how you answer that question will decide much of your behavior. If the world is fair and just, then doing good and caring for others will likely reflect in your behavior. But if there is no justice in this world, 
they're going to likely be much more driven for survival or getting by than right and wrong. Now, here's where this really plays out. Take, for example, Martin Luther King Jr. He had a view of the world that was actually represented in Scripture, that even though our world isn't currently fair, as King stated, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. That even though things aren't fair right now, God will ultimately bring justice. So that is what we should fight for. Now, this view of the world, shaped by God's story in the Bible, caused King to do the things he did and live the way he lived. Imagine if he simply believed that the world was perfect as is or hopelessly unjust. Now, this is why applying the story of the Bible is so important, because the Bible teaches us to see the world as it really is. The way we see the world shapes how we live. When we say the stories in the Bible are true, we mean, yes, that the Bible records things that actually happened. They are historically true. But in an even broader way, when we say the stories of the Bible are true, it is because they truthfully reflect the way that the world really is. Think about it. If everything I knew about how romance works was only through romance movies, I'd be a disaster romantically, right? My poor wife would keep wondering why I sneak around the house in a masquerade ball mask and insist on making slippers fit on her feet. No, I need the truth about how romance actually works so that I can be a good husband, right? I need to know that sometimes the most romantic gesture is in washing the dishes. Now, as we dive into Genesis 1 through 4, we'll find out about how this world works, how this world is meant to be, how evil works in the world, where we have freedom, and, and why this world needs us. These chapters where it will undoubtedly bring clarity to views you didn't even know you carried. And finally, the third question is about you. Who am I and what does it mean to be human? This is one of the most obvious, but often the most missed. Identity drives our lives, and there are so many lies that swirl around us about who we are. Like we mentioned at the start, think about the stories you tell yourself about yourself as you walk out of a meeting or as you lay your head on your pillow after a long day. The stories we tell ourselves shape who we are. What if the story you tell yourself is that you're just a failure? Everything you pay attention to, the way you tripped in front of your boss, the things that summarize your day, the decisions you make and the dreams you throw away will all be because you think you're a failure. God has a very different story about you. Whether you know it or not, you are in a war right now over your identity. Whether it's past wounds, your family of origin, masks you feel like you need to wear or lies spoken into you over the years, God has wonderful words about who you are, who we are, in this book. This is why we desperately need to dive headfirst into the biblical story, because the Bible shows us the truth about who we really are. This, at its core, is why we're calling this study, This is Our Story. The Bible is not just a bunch of stories about people that lived long ago. No, it's a story about us. This is our story. And God has some powerful things He wants to say to each of us as we dig into these first chapters. This story will tell you who you really are, the pinnacle of God's creation made up of dust and divine breath, made with a cosmic purpose prone to wander, yet loved deeply and dearly by your creator.
Now, thanks again for joining us on this journey. Next week, we'll be starting with Genesis 1, so make sure you take some time over the next few days to make yourself a cup of coffee or tea, sit down, and just get wrapped up in the first words of the greatest story ever told. For now, as a group, take some time to reflect on the questions in your guide. Things like, what do you believe? How have your beliefs shaped how you live? And where do you need God's good story to influence yours? Have a great discussion, and we'll see you next session. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Music